Howdy, folks. Your attention, please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hello, and welcome to Discoveryland. My name is Victoria, and I will be your guide on this adventure through yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. When you visit Disneyland, one of the things you find is that every available bit of the park is put to use. With little to no room for further outward expansion, the park utilizes nearly every available square foot with purpose. After the park's opening in 1955, Walt Disney was hard at work expanding Disneyland's attraction count and ensuring that the park would evolve and improve. Disneyland will never be completed. It will continue to grow as long as there is imagination left in the world, he famously said. Walt knew that space was a commodity, and he tasked his Imagineers with making the most out of what they had. In doing this, he looked towards the park's stunning icon, Sleeping Beauty Castle. To Walt, it only made sense that an empty castle bearing the name of his upcoming animated film could serve a greater purpose. That was when the idea of a walkthrough attraction inside Sleeping Beauty Castle came to be. Although Disneyland opened in 1955 with Sleeping Beauty Castle as its most prominent landmark, the film Sleeping Beauty would not be released for another four years in 1959. Why then did Disney elect to tie the castle to that film instead of, say, an already existing film such as Snow White or Cinderella? Walt Disney was not only a creative genius and a brilliant filmmaker, he was also a savvy businessman. He knew that part of the appeal of Disneyland would be to offer real-world experiences based on his most famous movies. In Fantasyland, the park opened with attractions based on the animated films Peter Pan, Snow White, Dumbo, and the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. In fact, it was the one land that was almost exclusively based on existing Disney properties. As such, promoting Sleeping Beauty by proclaiming the castle to be Princess Aurora's was a marketing tactic to draw interest to the film. The same would be true in 1957, when the Sleeping Beauty castle walkthrough opened. The idea behind Sleeping Beauty castle walkthrough was to utilize the space inside of the castle. From opening day, there had already been a doorway in the castle courtyard that led to the castle's terrace. While this was not intended to be an area available to guests, many of them found the doorway unlocked on opening day. The Disneyland opening day telecast reveals a crowd amassed above the castle, smiling and waving at everyone else below. 
To create the walkthrough, portions of the terrace would have to be enclosed, and the interior of the castle would have to be filled in in order to recreate, or perhaps pre-create, various scenes from Sleeping Beauty. When Walt Disney and Imagineers Ken Anderson and Emile Curry went up the castle during the early planning phase, they were met with a big, unexpected surprise. In an interview with Disney historian Jim Corcus for the publication Walt's People, Ken Anderson had the following to say. The castle was full of maybe 100 or so feral cats. Emile stepped over to the side and there was a big box with a gunny sack in it where the cats had all slept in this thing. Emile pulled this sack out and I was looking at him and he went from white to gray. He burst into these terrible yells and jumped over the railing. I looked and Walt was all gray and I was turning all gray. We were crawling with fleas. Send up a car right away, yelled Walt, and they sent up this motorcycle with a sidecar for just one person, and that was Walt. Emile and I stood in the entrance of the castle, and Walt got into the motorcycle and yelled back at us, don't get into the crowd, and he was off to wardrobe. We ran through the crowd, leaving fleas behind us all the way. We got to wardrobe and got our clothes washed and changed. We were wearing spaceman suits for a week. Walt enjoyed it. He laughed at us. You didn't get through the crowd, did you guys? He asked. Oh no, Walt. Then how the hell did you get here? One big leap, Walt. What do you think? End quote. If Walt Disney wanted a new attraction inside Sleeping Beauty Castle, the first step would be to evict the cats. As it turns out, the cats had their own fairy tale ending. At Walt's behest, the cats were rounded up, bathed, and groomed, and then adopted to Disneyland cast members. The next step in developing the castle attraction would be to determine what the attraction would be. Walt recruited Ivan Earl, the man responsible for the background, colors, and styling of the film version of Sleeping Beauty. His job was to translate his work into the form of a walkthrough attraction. He created concept art for a series of scenes that guests would see while walking through the castle. The scenes would tell the story of Sleeping Beauty. Ken Anderson would adapt Ivan Earl's concepts into 3D so that they could be presented as dioramas to guests. The dioramas would contain painted plywood cutouts that would be layered within the scenes. Forced perspective would be used in order to create a greater sense of depth, which was especially necessary given the intimate space within the castle. The dioramas would incorporate lighting, movement, air jets, fire simulations, and Pepper's ghost effects to bring the scenes to life. Eleven scenes in total were created, with seven pedestaled, illuminated books, an audio narration, and music telling the story as guests move through the castle. In engineering the walkthrough, alterations had to be made to two existing shops in the castle's ground level. Behind-the-scenes access would also have to be created for personnel to access the scenes. Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough was unveiled to the public in a ceremony on Sunday, April 29, 1957, at 3 o'clock p.m. Shirley Temple Black, dressed up like a queen, accompanied Walt Disney as the Disneyland band performed When You Wish Upon a Star. Walt read a speech written by future president of Disneyland, Jack Lindquist, and Shirley read the story of Sleeping Beauty to the crowd. 
She then assisted Walt in their ribbon cutting. The attraction originally required an A-ticket from guest ticket books. For the first time, Disneyland guests would be able to go inside Sleeping Beauty Castle and experience it in its completed form. As guests walked into the attraction, which was marked by a tent above the doorway proclaiming it to be Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough, they would read from the first book before ascending the stairs. When they reached the second level, the first scene showed the kingdom's spinning wheels burning in a giant bonfire as King Stefan and Queen Leah look on. To simulate fire, a very similar effect to the one used years later in Pirates of the Caribbean was created. In the second scene, the three good fairies, Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether, appeared floating over baby Aurora's cradle, which was swaying back and forth. The floating effect, which also included sparks coming from the fairies' wands, was accomplished with a Pepper's Ghost effect, the same way that the floating ghosts in the Haunted Mansion's ballroom scene were later accomplished. In the third, Aurora is laying on the ground having pricked her finger on a spinning wheel as Maleficent stands in front of her with Diablo the Crow perched on her staff. Diablo's wings flap thanks to a small motor and the end of Maleficent's cape moves through the use of air jets. Guests would then ascend a second set of stairs where they saw the fifth diorama. In it, they could see the three fairies putting a sleeping spell on royal subjects inside the castle's main hall. In the next one, they would see Princess Aurora, who was asleep in her bedroom chamber, awaiting true love's first kiss. They would then move into a small corridor with a sign above it that said, Meet Maleficent's Goons. There were three points of interest in here. In the first, guests would look through a keyhole in a door and see a goon, who was looking right at them. This was accomplished using a maquette of a goon with a mirror protruding from its eye, which reflected the eye of the guest looking at it. In the second, they would peek into the keyhole of another doorway and see two goons looking back at them. And in the third, they would see countless eyes staring back at them in the dark. These effects all involved the use of mirrors to create the effects. The Corridor of Goons was actually a last-minute addition since the original plan was to have guests walk outside onto the castle's rear balcony where they would have a view of Fantasyland. Sleeping nights were intended to line the balcony in keeping with the story. However, this plan was ultimately scrapped. The effects in the Corridor of Goons were also closed off sometime after the attraction opened since it would halt guest traffic. Afterwards, guests would descend a set of stairs. The seventh scene showed Maleficent summoning the demons from her castle as she cackled with glee at her triumph over the forces of good. Lightning effects blasted in the darkened sky as demons swarmed. Guests would then descend another set of stairs where they would see a bottomless pit. This was an echo chamber where guests would lean in and hear their words repeated faintly over and over. The bottomless pit effect was created with mirrors, and the echo chamber effect was accomplished using a machine that would record guests' voice on tape and then loop them continuously. In the ninth scene, Maleficent was seen in her castle dungeon, looking triumphant. A skeleton dangled from above, and a green fire was burning below her. In the tenth scene, countless spinning wheels were burning and spinning in circles. This was accomplished using a turntable, where surrounding mirrors amplified the number of spinning wheels guests could see. Finally, 
Guests witnessed the happy ending of the story. Prince Philip would lean over and kiss Aurora as her eyes fluttered and opened up. This scene was actually added weeks after the attraction opened since it had lacked a proper happy ending. Then, as they moved to exit the castle, Maleficent's shadow suddenly appeared. In a moment that is quite different from the ending of the final film, her shadow would appear and disappear with a flash of lightning, laughing at guests before they descended the final set of stairs. The Maleficent shadow would be removed before long as it proved to be too frightening for small children. At the bottom of the stairs, the final book declared that Philip and Aurora lived happily ever after, and guests walked back out into the Fantasyland courtyard. To tie in with the opening of the attraction, a booklet titled Walt Disney's Sleeping Beauty Castle was sold in the park for 25 cents. Contained within the book were the words of Walt Disney himself. Imagination is the mold from which reality is created. Centuries ago, men of vivid imagination created the fairy tales which live to this day, even though in many cases the authors' names have been lost in the mist of antiquity. Of all these stirring legends of princes and princesses, of witches and fairies, and of the triumph of good over evil, none has ever been so inspirational to me as Sleeping Beauty. From the time I started making motion pictures, I dreamed of bringing Sleeping Beauty to life through the medium of animation, but its scope defied us until recent years when our creative talent and technical advances made its production possible. Sleeping Beauty is the most beautiful and exacting picture we have ever made, and without a doubt, our costliest. It has been a definite challenge, but thanks to our talented staff of artists and technicians, it has been met. And now, as a result of our vast research and motion picture production efforts, Sleeping Beauty Castle in Disneyland has been completed. Through the medium of key scenes from our film, we have symbolized its timeless enchantments. Here behind these castle walls, in these towers and courts, may be seen the joys and tears of the beautiful Princess Aurora mingled in her great adventure with the powers of good and evil. We hope the magic spell of these scenes and sounds will revive in every beholder's heart some image of his own most precious dreams, the dreams from which all enduring fairy tales are made. After nearly 20 years of operation, the Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough closed sometime in or shortly before 1977. But its story didn't end there. In part two of Discoveryland's feature of Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough, we will discuss the major changes that happened in 1977, as well as the rumors and speculation that ran wild about the attraction in the early 2000s following its sudden closure. 
We will also discuss the legacy of the Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough, as well as what has become of it in the present day. There's no place like Disneyland, and around every corner of the park is some hidden history waiting to be discovered. I hope you'll join me next time for another adventure into the vibrant history of the Magic Kingdom. I'd love to hear from you. You can write to Discoveryland by emailing discoverylandshow at yahoo.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at discoverylandshow and on Twitter at discoverylandvc. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Disneyland has now ended its normal operating day. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Magic Kingdom and that you'll be back with us again soon.